Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. The more we seek Him, the more we find Him. The more we go after Jesus, the more we find him. But I've got great news for you. The more you go after Jesus, we find him. But listen, Jesus, I'm telling you, he's coming after you too. We're living in a time right now where the Lord Jesus is pouring himself out on us. His love is being displayed towards us. The scripture says that if we'd seek him, that we would find him. The scripture says if we would ask, that we would receive. If we knock, the door would be open. This is a time when God is answering prayers. This is a time that as we seek him, as we seek the presence of God, I'm telling you there is victory, victory on every side. Come on, little ones, don't be moved by the things you are seeing happening in the world, the mandates, the non-mandates, all of the crazy things happening around us. I'm telling you right now that as we seek him, as we follow him, as we find him, I'm telling you good things are coming our way. You know why? Because the scripture tells us that he would never let the righteous go begging bread. As we seek him, we're going to find him today. I am so honored that you would join us today as we are worshiping God together, believing that God is going to do some amazing things. We've been just pursuing God, seeking him and watching God do some amazing things in our life. And we're just so excited about what God is doing even now. Listen, in the middle of the crazy, we can still find peace. In the middle of the crazy, we can still find deliverance. We can still find safety. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you're joining us for the first time, just want to say thank you. Thank you. You could choose to worship any place else, but you chose to worship with us. And we consider that an honor and a privilege. And want you to know that we do not believe that you're here by accident, that you are here on purpose for a purpose. And so we're just so grateful for you today. We just know that God has a now word for us. We're going to start a new series today, a new series, and been thinking a lot about what God is doing in the world. And today, I just feel like this is not a time for us to just be here and everywhere. This is a time for us to hone in on basic. This is a time for us to pull it all in together. Let me tell you where I got the motivation for this series, all right? A lot of times when you go to the gym, you see some people doing these exotic gym movements and just they're doing things in the gym that you just wouldn't think that would really help you, right? And so, and, and it's a progressive situation. You don't start out with these exotic movements. You grow into this exotic place. But here's what happens. A lot of times if you can't get to the gym or if you get sick and you have to take some time off and you have to restart, all right, you never go back immediately to, to those exotic motions or what they always tell you is go back to basic, go back to the simple bench press, go back to the simple curl, go back to the simple squat. It's time to get back to basic. And this is the thing that God has really put on my heart for the, this new series. We're going to call it Back to Basic, all right? We really believe that this is the time that we have to just 
bring it all back in. You know, even when you start thinking about what new recruits in the military go through, they go through, come on, basic training. All you military guys, you know what I'm talking about. And as I started to do some research about this series, I started to find out that there are basically three phases of basic training. And they call it red, white, and blue. And red is the introductory phase. It's the, they call it the shakedown phase. It's where you're, you're getting sh- shook down from coming out of the world and secular way of living into a military life, all right? And they call it the shakedown. And it turns into the, the white phase, which is where they begin to develop your combat training, where they begin to develop basics of combat. And it ends with blue training. And this is what I love the most. This is the warrior part of the phase where they train you to be a warrior. And I really believe that's what basic is all about. It's a reminder that we are warriors. It's a reminder that God has a purpose for us. It's a reminder that we can step into something very special. We just finished that Holy Spirit series, the empowerment series. Now, friends, it's time Time to go back to basic. Get the basic understanding. Let's make sure that that basic understanding hasn't gotten away from us. Let's go back to the bench press. Let's go back to the simple squat. Let's go back to the things we know are good for us and make sure that we're not missing out. Why? The purpose is so that we can become warriors. All right, I want to read the scripture to you before we pray. The Bible, this is, this is, these are words, very precious words that Peter wrote at the end of his life. It's amazing. You're going to see the setting of which the scripture was written in a second, okay? But here's what he says at the end of his life. Be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of wicked people and lose your own secure footing. I think a lot of you would agree with me that there's a lot of wicked things going on in our world. There are a lot of things facing us that maybe we have never faced even in our lifetime. These things that we're facing, these challenges are trying to get us off our footing. But I'm telling you, I believe God is saying it's time to go back to basic and make sure that your footing is secure. Make sure that it's sound. And we're going to find out how to do that. And today, particularly, we're going to call this message basic training. All right, come up. Turn to somebody and tell them a basic training. Elbow them. Let's get ready. Get your Bible out. We're going to go through some scripture today. Let's pray and believe God to bless this message. Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for all these who are on here. Holy Spirit, I ask you today that you would bless our time, that you would bless me to communicate the truths that you put on my heart to share. And Father, I pray for revelation knowledge. I pray for breakthrough today. I pray for an understanding, Heavenly Father, of the truth that you want us to gain this day. And we give you honor and glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So basic training. All right. Let's get into this. I want to read that scripture again. This is what God said through the apostle Peter. Be on guard. How many of you know today we really need to stand guard? 
We really need to have one eye open and one eye closed in everything that we do, especially with all the things we're hearing in media, things that we're hearing in our neighborhoods, things that we're hearing all around us, all right? We need to be on guard. Why? Then you will not be carried away by the errors of wicked people and lose your own secure footing. The purpose of this series is to make sure that our footing is secure. And the way you know your footing is going to be secure is making sure you are back to basic. All right. Making sure that it's basic training. All right. So I want to give you the setting. When Peter writes these words, it's at the end of his life. He's had an illustrious life with the Lord Jesus. He's had an illustrious life there at the beginning of the church we talked about last week, okay? And he had been traveling and ministering, and here he is at the end of his life, okay? And scholars have his life at uh, the end of his life around 64 AD, okay? Which is right around the time, about six years before Jerusalem fell to the great Roman uh, em, uh, empire and Jerusalem fell to the, uh, the, actually the temple was burned, literally six years after Peter died. So this was the setting. There was great chaos. There was great uh, misunderstanding, great anxiety, great pressure. People, uh, the Jewish race did not, they did not want Rome to rule them. And, and there were people that thought Jesus was going to deliver them from Rome. And so you had some were on the Roman side, some were not on the Roman side. Some were for, some were against, and some were secretly. You didn't know where they were, just like we talked about last week. So there was great, great uh, uh, dissension. There was, there was great anxiety. There was great chaos, great propaganda. This was the setting of Peter's last words. Sound familiar? Come on, does it sound familiar? I'm telling you guys, the word of God is for today. It is for today. It's timeless. And the Holy Spirit knows how to get revelation to you and me so that we can live today successfully. Because I'm telling you right now, all of us, all of us, there isn't one of us that are listening, there's not one of us who watch us later that, that wouldn't tell me, I need to make sure that my footing is secure. As a pastor, as a minister of the gospel, I'm doing the same thing. I'm saying, I need to make sure that my footing is secure today with all of the changes and all of the things that are coming against us, all right? So let's get back to basic, all right? So this is the setting where Peter writes this. And so I want you to go with me to 2 Peter. We're going to read the whole part of the chapter and see, why did Peter say this? Why was he saying, make sure that your setting is, your, your foot was set solid? And why, why was he saying all this, all right? And I really believe it's going to help us to navigate. I believe it's going to help us to navigate through all the murky waters that we're about to go through, okay? Personally, as a country, in our families, I'm telling you, God wants your foot to be solid here with basic training, okay? All right, Second Peter chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 14 through 18, so I want you to follow along with me. We're going to go through this slowly so you can see the context of what Peter was saying. In fact, it's interesting. Um, a lot of Bibles will actually put a heading here, Peter's final words. This is awesome. Okay. All right. So look what he goes on here. He says, he says, and so dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. All right, leading peaceful life and blameless in his sight. So look, one of the things that you have to understand is that 
The only way you can be blameless in this life is by being a believer in Jesus, by being a Christian. If you are not a Christian, then it's going to be very difficult for you to be blameless. So when you read the scripture, and if you read it without understanding that, you think that to be, you have to do a lot of work to be blameless. You have to do a lot of work to be clean before God. But we're going to find out. But when he talks about being blameless here, it has everything to do with the work that Jesus did for you and me. It has everything to do with his finished work, not our finished work. The good news is this, and this is, again, sure footing, that when you receive Jesus Christ, when you come into the family, when you become born again, God sees you as blameless. You have to see this. You have to get a hold of this. The rest of the scripture is going to show us why this is so important. In God's eyes, when you become a Christian, you become blameless. You become a member of the family of God. I'm not saying that you don't do things that don't please God. I'm not saying that you don't do things that aren't right or that you don't have bad thoughts or you don't get involved in road rage or, 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 or maybe you, you get involved in activities that you shouldn't get involved with. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that in God's eyes, he sees you blameless. And here's the reason. When you begin to understand that that's how God sees you, listen, you'll begin seeing yourself the same way. And all of that junk that you think you have going on in your life, bad behavior, bad choices, bad circumstances, they begin to change over time for the good when you begin seeing yourself the way God sees you. And that's what Peter was saying over here. He's saying, this is your sure foundation. Come on, basic training, you guys. Basic training. You are blameless in God's sight. I just have to stay there for a second. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants you to get this point. You are blameless in God's sight, not because of anything you did, but entirely based on everything that Jesus did. Come on, just receive that. Just let that sink in right now. Let the Holy Spirit just burn that inside of you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let that just minister to you that God sees you this way. All right. All right. Now watch this in verse 15. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom God gave him, speaking of these things in all of his letters. Some of his comments are hard to understand. You're going to see here why in a second. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of the scripture, and this will result in their destruction. Here's what was happening. People were twisting this truth that God sees you blameless. People were twisting this. They were twisting the finished work of Jesus. They were saying, hey, it's not as simple as you think it is, just receiving Jesus and then everything's going to be okay. It's not just that simple. In fact, you need to receive Jesus and then you need to do this thing and then you need to do this other thing and then you need to do something else, okay? You have to do all of these other things in connection to receiving Jesus. And 
Peter says here, that's twisted thinking. It's so twisted, he was saying. And so what we're going to do is get a sure footing right here. And we're going to untwist this. We're going to make sure we're in basic training here and making sure that we're not falling into this. See, when I first became a believer in Jesus, I love God like a lot of you guys did too. And I came to the Lord and, and I heard somebody say, well, now you got to read your Bible. And so I started reading my Bible. Then someone said, you got to pray an hour a day. So then I tried to pray an hour a day. Then they said, you got to tithe. So then I was trying to tithe even and understand what tithing really was. And then they said I had to serve. And then I had, then I had to serve. And so what happened, I was doing all of these other things. Listen, at the peril of my relationship with Jesus. I was doing all of these things thinking that that was going to draw me closer to Jesus. That was going to draw me closer to God. Listen, prayer, tithing, serving, all those things, there's nothing wrong with those things. But for me, it was becoming all those exotic gym motions, those exotic gym movements, all right? I needed to get back to basic. I needed the basic training. This is what a bench press is with the Lord. This is what a squat is with the Lord. Stay with basic. Come on. And I found myself, when I got away from all that works mentality and just said, Lord Jesus, I just need to have a relationship with you and develop this relationship with you. I found myself untwisting some thinking. I found myself untwisting things that I had allowed myself to fall into. Now, I think I'm talking to some people right now that maybe, maybe you had the same experience and you thought the same thing, that, that you had to do all of these things to be right with God. And listen, and what Peter was saying, this is your sure foundation. You're already right with God. And as a result that you're already right with God, now you do these things. Oh, listen, I work for God because I am right. I am blameless in his sight, okay? I don't work for God to get blameless. I don't work for God to become right in his sight. I work for God because I already am. Do you see the difference? See, that's a sure footing that Peter was talking about. That's basic training. Come on, someone put that in the chat. Basic training. All right. So we, we had to untwist some things. Teachers in that day were twisting the simplicity of basic. They were twisting the simplicity of this beautiful truth that you're already blameless, that that's how God sees you. Watch this. You already know these things, dear friends. So here's the scripture, verse 17. Be on your guard. Then you'll not be carried away. Be on your guard from this twisted thinking. Be on your guard from all of this stuff that's going to take you away from your simple relationship with God, right? Be on your guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. He, this is what the Lord says. When people twist the simplicity of what Jesus has done for us, he calls it wicked. Rather, now here's the solution. Rather, you must grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, this is the remedy. This is basic. This is basic training, you guys, right here. It says that you and I are to grow in grace. Get a hold of this, you guys. Grow in grace. If you've been around here long enough, you know our, defini our definition for grace is yes, 
God's unmerited favor, we get all that, all right? Grace is a gift. It's not something that you can earn. It's something that God gives you free of charge. If you had to work for it, then it's not a gift. If you had to earn it, it's not a gift. This is something that God does for us in and of himself, okay? It is a gift. But our definition of grace is this. God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Just let that sink in. God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. So this is what Peter was saying. Grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Grow in this. This is the remedy. This is basic training. This is secure footing. Grow in this. Isn't this amazing? He doesn't say grow in a bunch of other things. He doesn't say grow in faith, grow in prayer, grow in, in giving. Okay, nothing wrong with prayer or faith and giving. Nothing wrong. And we should be growing in all those things, right? But that's a secondary growth, you guys. The primary here, basic training. Come on. Grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Oh, this is so beautiful. God wants to do for you and me what we cannot accomplish on our own, what we cannot do on our own. That's why we have to grow in grace. When you study the Bible characters and the things that they did, and you study men and women that God used in modern times, what were they doing? They were doing things that they could not do themselves because the grace of God was on them. And God wants to do the same for us. He's not a respecter. We're to grow in grace, grow in this understanding that God wants to do things for us that we cannot do for ourselves. All right, so how? What's the basic training here? We know that God sees us blameless, but how did that happen, all right? Come on, go with me to another scripture. Romans chapter 4, let's read this, verses 20 through 25, talking about Abraham here. And I think this is going to help us to really take another step in our basic training, okay? Look what he says here, verse 20, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Now we got to stop there for a second. You have to let that sink in. It says, Abraham never wavered in believing the promise. Listen, when I study the life of Abraham, I see that Abraham actually wavered. So what did God mean here that he never wavered? Listen, Bible school students, and maybe you didn't know this, Abraham lied, all right? Abraham did things he shouldn't have done. Abraham actually had a relationship because he, he was tired of waiting on God for a child to promise. He decided he was going to help God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to help God with this promise, right? He decided to help God by having a relationship with his maidservant. And, had, and as a result, he had Ishmael, right? And then later, God had to show up 13 years later and say, hey, this is not the child of promise. You're still going to get your own, okay? The child of promise. And God gave him Isaac. Listen, do you know, do you know to this day, Isaac and Ishmael are still fighting in the Middle East as a result of Abraham's mistake? Do you know that? 
Yet the Bible says here, Abraham never wavered at the promise. Well, someone please explain this to me. I knew you were going to ask that question just like I did, okay? He never wavered at the promise. Let's read this a little bit further and then I'll explain. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, it brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith... God counted him as righteous. But yet, wait a minute. It says he never wavered in the promise. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. This is why it's so important. Because if we find out what happened to Abraham here, it's not only for his benefit, but it's for our benefit too. If we get a hold of this, oh, I'm telling you, this is going to help set a lot of people free right here, okay? All right, so God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it was just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. All right, so what was the thing that God counted Abraham as righteous? We just talked about all the wavering that took place, all right? But what was the thing that God counted as righteous? And friends, come on, back to basic here. Come on. Get a sure footing right here. This is what God was saying here. See, when Abraham, uh, when God first appeared to him, God told him, I want you to leave Haran. I want you to leave this civilized society that you're in. It was Haran, the place where he, he lived, was, was, was very civilized. It was very modern. It had public schools. It had commerce. It had all the things that you and I enjoy. And God shows up and says to Abraham, I want you to leave all this. And I want you to go to a land that you don't even know of. I want you to go to a land you can't call somebody and say, hey, what's it like over there? Can you chart a course for me? Can you make a room for me? Can, he didn't have a GPS to follow. There was, there, was, there was nothing modern in his life for him to, to pursue. He didn't have a small group. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have somebody he could consult with. All he had was the voice of God. He didn't even have the word. But yet God appeared to him. Abraham knew he was talking to the God of the universe. And when God left Haran, when he left that secure place, when he left what he knew and trusted God, come on somebody, God counted that as righteous. Here's the equivalent. Here's the equivalent. The reason why it goes right into talking about how Jesus was raised from the dead. Listen, you're going to find this so beautiful. Because the day you became born again, the day you decided to make Jesus your Lord was the, your day of leaving Haran, security, all that you know, familiarity, and trusting God. And the day you did that, God says, I see you righteous. And not only do I see you righteous, I see you blameless. Because God, listen, God never reminded Abraham of any of his mistakes. 
He never did. God never one time said, oh, Abraham, you should have done that with Hagar because you don't know that 6,000 years later, there's going to be all these wars in the Middle East because of your mistake. You never see God saying that to him. And guess what? God will never talk about your mistakes either because that is the God that we serve. The day you said yes to God, the day you said yes to Jesus, you came in to the family of God. That's how God sees it. You have to get a hold. This is basic. This is basic. It's not all about serving. It's not about tithing. It's not about prayer. It's not about going to church. All of those things are good and we should still do those things. But basic says, I'm in the family of God. I am in right standing with God the way Abraham was in right standing with God. Come on. In fact, your right standing is even better because Abraham was only a servant, but you and I become children. You are a child of God. I am a child of God. And that is the basic training that the, that the apostle Peter was trying to talk about. That's the sure footing that you and I have to be on. Watch this. Look what the scripture goes on to say. We have to understand that he, Jesus, was handed over to die because of our sins. Who handed Jesus over? If you don't know the word of God, you think men handed Jesus over. You think the Pharisees and the Sadducees handed Jesus over, but it wasn't them. The scripture tells us that God, the Father, handed over his only begotten son for you and me. God handed over his best for you and me to die for our sin. You and I were born into sin as a result of what Adam did in the garden. The Bible calls Jesus the second Adam who paid for our sin through this action. And God, our Father, loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. He handed him over for our sin. But he didn't just stop there. Look what it goes on here to say. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. This is so beautiful. God handed Jesus over to die for our sin. And then he raised him up to make us right with God. This is basic. This is the sure footing that Peter wanted us on. Come on, are you getting this? This is the basic training. This is the reminder that we have to have. Going to church, prayer, tithing, it's all good. But listen, if we don't get this basic understanding right here, that you are right with God, not because of anything you did, but because of everything Jesus did, everything else will become work. Everything else will just become almost religious. And Peter was saying, stay away from that. That's twisted. The purity and the beginning of all this is right here, that you are right with God. Come on, you have to understand this. And here's the thing, you have to accept this. This is basic training. You have to accept personally for yourself that you are right with God. Well, then, okay, so now that I'm right with God, well, then what? Well, then what? You have to, this next thing, 
It goes right back into the scripture that we talked about, or the, the song that we sang about today, seeking first. Matthew 6, we're going to read this scripture. See, I always like to give you a little bit of the how-to right here, because this is going to be a how-to. And, you know, we're going to wrap this up here with the scripture. You're going to understand something. This is the reason why. When I read this and I began to flow with this scripture, I began to understand how the Holy Spirit all these years always kept me on basic, always kept me at a place where I never got caught up with a bunch of exotics and never got caught up with a bunch of other stuff. He always kept me right here at basic. Are you ready? Look what it says here. Matthew 6, 33. This is our life mission. This is basic training. This is where it starts. It says, seek first. Come on. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. I believe this with all my heart, that when we seek other things other than this, it's twisted. When we seek other things other than this, we open ourselves to error. That's the reason why I want to stay here. Back to basic. Basic training right here. God's call. This is, these are, and actually, these are the words of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Now, you have to get a hold of this. You have to get a hold of this. He's not talking about your righteousness. He says his righteousness. What does this mean? Well, it goes right back to God sees you blameless. God sees you in the family. The word of God clearly tells us that God made Jesus to be no sin. So that, or God, or, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. God made you and me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He had no sin, but became our sin so that he could exchange his righteousness for our sin. And here's what the scripture promises me, that every day when I say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I have to remind myself every day, come on, this is basic training. This is the sure footing Every day, I have to remind myself I'm in right standing with God. Here's why. Forces will try to get you off of your sure-footedness. Forces will try to get you. It's too simple. No, this is what Jesus said. You have to do some other things. No, this is what Jesus said. You know, the Bible never says to seek after faith. It never says seek after prosperity. It never says to seek after other things. It never. It says to seek first the kingdom of God. And you see, that's twisted. If I seek faith, 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 or I seek prosperity, 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 or I seek healing, 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 without this, I'm twisting it. But Jesus said right here, if you seek first the kingdom, his righteousness, the work that he did on the cross for you and me, that you and I now would be in right standing with him as a result of what he did, not what we do, then what's the promise here? All of these other things will be added unto us. Faith will be added unto you. Come on. 
Prosperity will be added unto you. Healing will be added unto you. Walking in your purpose will be added unto you. Divine intervention will be added unto you. When you seek first him and his kingdom and his righteousness, reminding yourself every day that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, this is basic. Listen, as I was preparing for this message, oh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Listen, you have to get a hold of this because we live in a time when we have to be in the secret place of the Most High. We have to be in the Psalm 91, right? God's 911 because of the crazy that's happening all around us. And the scripture promises, though a thousand will fall on our side, 10,000 on our right hand, it will not come near us. And the Holy Spirit said to me, when, you, when you're in the secret place and the Bible says he hides you under himself, right? In Psalm 91, he said, Matthew 6.33 is the equivalent of Psalm 91. That if you just seek first the kingdom of God, that's in the secret place. That's in the cleft. That's being hidden in him. And when you seek first him, that's the basic, that's the training I'm talking about. And you seek him first. You seek him first knowing that you're the righteousness of God. When the decision is, when you're facing a fearful decision or a pressured decision or situations flying at you 100 miles a, a, a minute, I'm telling you, I'm in a season of my life right now where things are flying at me so fast. I'm staying right here, right here in a secret place. I'm seeking first you and your kingdom, Lord. I'm seeking first uh, this understanding that I'm in right standing with you. And your word promises me that all of these other things will be added. I'm staying right here. That's the equivalent of Psalm 91, you guys. Come on. You seek him first. You seek him first. Don't seek Facebook first. Don't seek Twitter first. Don't seek your friend on the phone first. Seek him first. Seek him first. Seek the word of God first. Spend time with God first. Do with him first and watch what God does for you. This is basic. This is the sure footing. And listen. The whole New Testament was about this. All of Paul's writing was about this. How can we discuss basic training without understanding this is what they were all saying. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right now. You can't be any more righteous before God than you are right now. If you think all of these other things are going to make you more righteous, it's an error. It's twisted. <laughs> Come on. God is crazy about you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Here's how I know. When Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, he prays this amazing prayer. He says, Father, love them with the same love that you have for me. Jesus prayed it. Jesus prayed, Lord, love them like you love me. That's why I can say, say with, with such confidence right here that the Lord loves you as much as he loves Jesus because Jesus prayed it. And when Jesus prays something, he gets it. He loves you and me the same way. That's the reason why when you become a Christian, 
whether you realize it or not, you become the righteousness of God. You are in right standing with God. Your decision to become a Christian is what puts you in right standing with God, not anything else. If anyone tells you anything more than that, it's twisted. It's not basic. It's not the training that we need right now. I believe we're living in an hour where we need to understand this. That when fear comes at you, mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So many people are in fear about the mandate. They're in fear that they're going to lose their job and they don't know how they're going to put food on the table. And I already said it at the beginning of this message. God would never let the righteous go begging bread. I've just got done telling you how God sees you. I've just got done telling you what the scripture says. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You stand on that. You stand right here and watch the salvation of God. There's a good friend of ours that needed an exemption and I helped them get an exemption from the vaccine. Everybody in their organization couldn't get an exemption. I don't know how she got hers. We prayed on that thing. She believed God and she got her exemption. Listen, I am telling you right now, you stay right here in your basic training. You are the righteousness of God. Anything else that would try to be added to that is twisted. They'll take you off of your sure footing. And look, the beginning of this is understanding first how much God loves you. Why did God hand Jesus over to die for us? I've already explained that. If you're watching today and you never took the time to take that step to put your faith in this wonderful Jesus, to put your faith in this heavenly Father that loves us, this heavenly Father that wants to walk us through this crazy, terrible season that we find ourselves in, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm telling you, wants to walk this out with you. You're listening. You said, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've never taken that step. I want to pray with you right now. I want you just to surrender your life. Stop trying to be your own savior. Stop trying to get there another way. Another way is twisted. Just receive the simple words that the word of God says. And Jesus said, and the, the word of God also says that he would never cast anyone out that would seek him or that would ask him. So right now, would you just put your faith in Jesus and you do as simple as this, just by praying a prayer right where you're at right now. Oh, I just sense the Lord so strong. Just pray this prayer like this. Say, Lord Jesus, Come into my life. I need a Savior. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of 
doing this on my own. Won't you come into my life, Jesus? I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that God raised you from the dead to pay for my sin. And I receive you as my Savior now. In your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to welcome you to the family, and I'm so proud of you. And if you're also on here today, you say, you know, Pastor Dino, I want more of God. I want more of this life-saving power of God. I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit in our whole last series. We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is a second experience you can have with God, according to Acts chapter 2, an experience that God reserves for his children. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to pray with you right now and just pray for this release right now that you would receive this. I normally don't do this, but God has just been so putting it on my heart how important this is for this season to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to live our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, any person that's watching, they want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord, do it supernaturally. Lord, I just bless them right now. I just bless them right now with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, do me a great big favor. If you receive Christ today, or if you want more information about the Holy Spirit, just put something in the chat there. Put, type Jesus in there or type Holy Spirit in the chat. I want to connect with you. I want to find a way to get you some information to help you on your next steps with God. All right, listen. It's going to be a great series coming up. We're going to learn about basic. We're going to be sure-footed in this season. A lot of people are rocky. You don't have to be. We're going to sit right here. Back to basic. We'll find out the basic, all right? And it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time today. All right, I love you guys, miss you guys, and we'll see you real soon. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you, and if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.